Hello, and welcome to Let's Think on These Things, a podcast sponsored by Knowing the Way Ministries. These messages are designed to help men and women live and grow spiritually through practical Bible teaching and to equip them to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now here's your host, Minister Greg Boyd. Hello, faithful lovers of Christ, and welcome to Let's Think on These Things. I'm Minister Greg, and we are so glad to have you joining us today. It is our prayer that these messages will strengthen and equip you to fulfill the will of God for your life. The topic of our podcast today is entitled, A Selfless Love. And our scripture will be found in Matthew chapter 22. I'll read verses 35 through 39 in the New Life Version. Verse 35 says, A proud religious lawkeeper who knew the law tried to trap Jesus. He said, Teacher, which one is the greatest of the laws? Jesus said to him, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest of the laws. The second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, everyone has heard of the golden rule to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. One could say that this philosophy was actually taken from the scripture in Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus answered a question about religion with a statement about a relationship. And a very powerful aspect of his statement is the part where he tells us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. How do you feel about you? What do you think about you? If you showed another person the love that you show yourself, how would they feel? What would they think about themselves? Positive self-esteem can make the difference between living a dream and dreaming about a living. Your confidence in God and his word will birth a confidence in you. It will create such a level of trust that you will begin to believe everything that God says in his word about you. You believe that the Bible is true because you'll see the manifestation of the scriptures in your life. And the first thing you'll know is that when Jesus died for your sins, when he eradicated every wrong thing that you've done, he set you free. That's the first level of trust is knowing that Christ set us free. So let's talk about it a little bit. Let's think on these things. Number one, what does God think of you? We know that God loves us. We know that God cares for us. We've been told this over and over again, but what is God's thoughts towards us? What does he really think about us? Well, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God thought so highly of us that he sent Jesus Christ to the cross to die so our sins could be forgiven. That's just how much he loved you and I, just how much he wanted us back into the body. Sin separated us from God, took us apart from God. He couldn't even look at us because of the sin in our lives. But he thought so highly of us that he set up an escape from the sin that was going to punish us 
the sin that was going to bring us down, the sin that was going to cause us trouble. He sent Jesus Christ and thought so highly of us. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross so your sin and my sin could be forgiven. God's thoughts of peace let us know that we can have a bright future. In that same scripture, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says, I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Thoughts of peace. That means when everything is chaotic around you, there's peace for you and for me. That means when things don't go the way we think they should, there's peace for you and for me. Because what we know is God's thoughts of peace manifest into times of peace. It's not just an idea. It's not just a hoping and a wishing when it comes to God. When he thinks of something, it becomes real. And God's thoughts for us, his thoughts of peace for us, becomes times of peace for us. And that gives us a brighter future. That gives us a future that nobody can take from us. Nobody can change the outcome because God has already set it into motion. God has already planned your walk and my walk for this life. And in that walk includes thoughts of peace and not of evil. What God thinks about us gives us hope because it is written in his word. God not only made us a promise, but he put it in black and white. He documented it for us to read and remind him of over and over again, if need be. God was so sure, was so adamant about you and I having these thoughts of peace, you and I having salvation, you and I exercising our gifts, that he took his word and put it in writing. How many people do you know would make a promise to you and put it in writing? Because once you do that, you can't back out. And God never intended to back out of his promises. We have hope because anytime it doesn't feel like I'm meeting the requirements of salvation, when it doesn't feel like I'm a Christian, when it doesn't feel like I'm doing everything right, when it doesn't feel like God is with me, I can go to Jeremiah chapter 29. I can find the word of God and I can read verse 11 and remind myself that God has thoughts of peace for me, not of evil, to give me a future and to give me a hope. So our next question is, what does God say about you? We've just talked about what God thinks about us, but what does God actually say about us? Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 13 says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you listen to the laws of the Lord your God, which I tell you today, and be careful to obey them, you will only be above and not below. To receive our proper position in this world, we must listen and carefully obey the word of God. You see here, God is talking about the position that he has for you and for me in the earth realm. It doesn't mean that we'll be lording over people, dictators or bad managers, bad stewards. What it means 
is that we will have the, the answer to all life's problems. Now, does it mean you're going to solve life problems? No. The answers to life's problems is Jesus Christ. The answer to life's problems is obeying the word of God. And when they see us solving life's problems by the gospel, when men and women who have problems see how you handle situations, because you're the head, you're in the forefront, I'm in the forefront. They look at you, they look at me, and they wonder, how do you handle this layoff? How do you deal with the loss of the loss of a loved one? How can you deal with the loss of this possession? How can you handle what they're doing to you? It's because I have Christ on the inside of me. But in order for me to be in my proper position in this world, I have to listen and carefully obey the word of God. I have to make sure that I'm that the word of God is displayed in my life, that it becomes a reality. Just like we talked about the promises of God becoming reality. The word of God has to become reality in your life and my life. Our position in life is not determined by our financial or social status, but it's based on our decision and desire to obey God. Our position in life is not always based on where we are financially or socially. Social meaning the positions that we have in the community, on the job, what titles we possess, or financially, how much money we make, five-figure, six-figure income, seven-figure income. Our position in life, the believer's position in life is not determined by those things. It's determined by our decision and desire to obey God. We have to not only make the choice to obey God, we have to have a passion about doing it. We have to be fired up and charged up and grateful and thankful with a desire to say, God, my goal is to please you. That's what it means to have a position in life. Because when you desire to obey God, the more you have a hunger for God, the more he'll feed that hunger. The more you want to do for God, the more he'll give you to do. The believer will have to make a conscious effort to avoid the pitfalls of apathy and laziness. This Deuteronomy chapter 28 scripture, it says, if you listen to the laws of the Lord your God, which I tell you today and be careful to obey them, be careful to obey them, you will be above and not below. We have to be careful not to allow our successes God's successes, the favor of God in our lives, the blessings of God in our lives. We have to be careful not to let those become pitfalls of apathy and laziness. We have to be careful not to allow those things to turn us into lazy Christians, believing that, oh, if I just pray, everything will be okay. I don't have to be as fervent in prayer as I was when I didn't have anything. I don't have to... uh, Give as much as I gave before, because at that time I I was in a need. Now that God has met my needs, I can just say a simple prayer and everything will be okay. God says that we'll be the head and not the tail, but we have to be careful to obey him. And we have to be careful to have fervency, fire, passion, love, desire, not lazy, 
not apathetic, not allow the, the blessings and successes from God to make us lazy and unmotivated Christians. And last, how can I love myself? I know what now I know what God thinks of me and I know what God says about me. But the point of his scripture was loving my neighbor as I love myself. How can I love myself? Well, James chapter one, verse 21 says, put out of your life all that is unclean and wrong. Receive with a gentle spirit the word that was taught. It has the power to save your souls from the punishment of sin. You and I must purposely remove all impure and unclean things from our lives. Notice what the scripture says. You put out of your life all that is unclean and wrong. This is not the time for us to pray. God, remove that thing from me. God, remove this thing from me. You and I have the power to remove all the impure and unclean things from our lives. And I can tell you from experience, that would be like doing surgery. That would be one of the hardest things to do simply because some of those impure and unclean things are things that we love, that things that we enjoy, that things that we purposely put in our lives to satisfy the needs of our flesh. But as the spirit speaks to us, we start to remember and we start to learn that God loves us more than we love ourselves because he wouldn't let any impure, impure or unclean thing come into our lives. If we keep saturating ourselves with things that we know will harm us, yet God delivered us from sin, it's no wonder he told us to love ourselves. We have to know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made by God and that he cares for us so much, gave us so much power from the Holy Spirit, gave us so much ability with spiritual gifts, gave us so much energy to activate those gifts with his wonderful grace. You and I have to remove any impure thing that we've placed in our life, that we've allowed to come and influence us. To receive the word that is taught, you must be in a place where the word is taught. That sounds simple, but you'd be surprised at the number of people who go to church out of a habit or out of a religion because that's the way we always done it. That's the church we've always gone to. I was born there, been there since I was a little kid. Don't want to disappoint the pastor. Don't want to disappoint the members. I'll keep going. I'm not growing. I'm not learning anymore. I'm not faithful. And in active in ministry, I just go to check it off my list for things to do. But the Bible tells us receive with a gentle spirit. The word that is taught and you cannot receive the word if you don't hear the word. You have to be in a place where the word of God is being preached on a regular basis. That is how you receive the word of God. God loves us and promised us in his word that our souls would be saved if we received the gospel. How can we love ourselves? We can love ourselves by receiving God's love for us, by acknowledging that somebody greater than us loves us. When you eat a bunch of junk food and lay around and get heavy, get overweight, get obese, you don't love yourself. You're doing vital damage to vital organs in your body. 
you are destroying yourself from the inside out. And if you really loved yourself, if you really cared about living longer and being active and being helpful to others, you wouldn't put your body in a position where it hurt to move. You wouldn't put your body in a position where you can barely get around, where you need help all the time because of self-inflicted damage. When we love ourselves, the first thing we do is we receive the gospel of Jesus Christ because we know that God loves us. And when we love ourselves, we receive the gospel so that our souls can be made right. And then we take an inventory, a good inventory of the stewardship of our bodies. And we make the necessary changes that will allow us to live and be more active and more useful in the kingdom of God so that we can reach others with this love and this gospel. By loving yourself, you do the things to make your life better health-wise, spirit-wise, financial-wise, even emotional-wise. Like we just talked about the impure things. You don't allow someone else's selfishness to make you selfish. You don't allow someone else's greed to make you greedy. But you take those impure things, unclean things out of your life. And you remember that God loved you so much that he gave you a promise, a written agreement in his word that your soul would be saved if you will receive his good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. God created you from the very beginning with positive self-esteem and loving yourself means taking care of yourself in all areas of life. When you love yourself, you don't confuse self-confidence with arrogance. Our confidence is not in our own ability, but in the ability of God who gave us life and works through us. Your confidence will inspire others to reach their own God-given potential in life. How can you love others? By allowing God to come into your life and take you to the place where you can be the very best you that you can be for him. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. And please join us for the next episode. Of course, we don't want to end this podcast without offering someone the opportunity to either surrender or rededicate their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, if you're listening now, just repeat this short, simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe that you died, that you were buried and that you rose from the dead for me. I repent of all my sin. I turn away from it now. Please come into my life. Be my Savior and Lord. Be my God and my friend. And Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time with sincerity, Allow me to say welcome to the family of God. Now, make sure that you join a Bible believing, Bible teaching church where you can become an active member and develop your spiritual gifts to fulfill the will of God for your life. Again, thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. May you be filled with the joy of the Lord. Until next time. You've been listening to Let's Think on These Things a podcast sponsored by Knowing the Way Ministries. If you have any questions or would like to leave a comment, 
You can write to us at ktwm96 at yahoo.com. That's ktwm96 at yahoo.com. Or leave a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. Thank you for listening today. And until we meet again, God bless you.